the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. We're so glad that you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Damian Collado. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. Good morning. And we got a lot of folks hey. on the March for Life going they on are. as yes. we speak. No matter what the weather is, they're going to be marching. So the and folks that's and, a beautiful yes. thing. Yeah, and, and the Archdiocese uh, folks and Baton Rouge Diocese folks, home of Thibodeau folks are all Everywhere. there. The entire yeah. state. <laughs> yes, indeed. States marching, too. The whole too. state's up there, too. Yeah. That's right. And then we're going to do it tomorrow, too. But we're going to yeah. get into that. But what a great day. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. And we so. got coverage. But Gabby will talk about that as well. So, meantime, sure. we're going to offer up a prayer. Today is the feast day of St. Fabian. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, God, glory of your priest, grant, we pray, that... Help by the intercession of your martyr, St. Fabian, we may make progress by communion in the faith and by worthy service. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. 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 We have a wonderful lineup for you today, starting off with some events at 10 after we will give you details about. You can find all of these events at our website at ccmedia.live. Well, in 18 minutes, we are thrilled to have Father Burke Masters joins us, join us. He's a Catholic convert and priest over at St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Illinois, and he's going to be talking about his book, A Grand Slam for God, A Journey from Baseball Star to Catholic Priest. And you can probably see on the screen when we go to the three shot, if you're watching us, who will be interviewing Father <laughs> Burke Masters today. And it's it not David. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're How thrilled that, to have that Cubs shirt there. That old. <laughs> you, you've been, you had, really? Okay. Yeah, Bill, right. Bill Murray uh, made this shirt. He had a clothing line because he's a big Cub fan. Is you, that right? you know who Bill Murray is? Yeah, yeah, the comedian. Nice. Yeah, I'll be darned. He's got a Cub shirt on. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't look too and, snug. You're all right. That's all right. That's because yeah, yeah. I've been working out. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's great, David. Good for you. That's awesome. In 35 minutes, Joe McGivney joins us. He's a Catholic author and a recovering addict. And today he's going to be diving into healing after an addiction with the book, You're a Miracle, a story of alcoholism, miraculous healing, and God's infinite power and love. And in 48 minutes, Terry Dixon joins us over in the Diocese of Biloxi. He is the Director of Communications and Editor of the Gulf Pine Catholic Newspaper. And today, we'll be finding out 
what you'll be seeing in today's issue over along the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So looking forward to a wonderful lineup today. And Damien, looking forward to your weather report. How is the weekend looking? Well, it's going to look good. Sunny and chilly, not only for today, but also for the weekend. Um, No rain in the forecast. And for the next three days, uh, we'll experience some wind out of the northeast at about 10 miles an hour. High is going to be 54 today to low 26. Mm. For Saturday and Sunday, the high will remain in the upper 40s. So chilly indeed. And it will be sunny, though, and no rain. So that's the thing we need to keep in mind. Temperatures are not really going to fluctuate a whole bunch. As I said, today's high is 54. Um, It's it's only going to – it's currently 46 outside in Baton Rouge, and it's 51 in New Orleans. So temperature is only going to go up above. Five to eight degrees to say the least. Uh, Covington, it's 45 over in Homa Thibodeau, 52. Uh, Gulfport, 48. Mobile, 47. And as I said, 51 in New Orleans and 54 right now in uh, Baton Rouge. So stick around. It's five after the hour on this Friday morning. You're listening to Wake Up. Good Friday to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Mark chapter 3. Jesus went up the mountain and summoned those whom he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, that they might be with him, and he might send them forth to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, whom he named Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, whom he named Boandres, that is, sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Jesus, the new Moses, goes up the mountain with solemn deliberateness in order to choose a select company of men to collaborate with him and to continue his work after he is taken away. He chose those whom he wanted, a statement that indicates his sovereign choice, which is not dependent on any human initiative. As Jesus said to the twelve during the Last Supper, it was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. The importance of the number twelve is seen by the subsequent appointment of Matthias to fulfill the place abandoned by Judas. The commissioning of the twelve is different from the class of disciples recounted earlier in St. Mark's Gospel. They received a universal call to follow Jesus, whereas the apostles are a special group chosen from among the disciples to participate in Jesus' mission in a unique way. They are apostolos, that is, sent out as his authorized representatives. Jesus sums up their vocation with two simple phrases, to be with him so he might send them forth. To be with Jesus calls for a relationship of intimacy without which their mission will not be effective. The fruit of this is seen when, much later, Peter and John will boldly proclaim Jesus to the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was dumbfounded that these common men 
could speak so powerfully. And then they remembered that they had been with Jesus. Secondly, the apostles were sent forth to preach and to drive out demons. They would succeed not because of their talent, but because Jesus gave them a share of his own authority. Preaching the truth dries out satanic influences, for falsehood and deceit is a method devils use to hold sway over humans. Devils are also forcefully driven out in the sacraments of baptism and confession. In listing the twelve, Simon is always cited first, signifying his role as the chief of the apostles and their spokesman. The ominous note sounded by the mention of Judas and his betrayal is a reminder to us that even being an apostle is not a guarantee of holiness or lifelong fidelity. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy and Father Chris. 11 after the hour, and happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching us as well on WLAE, as well as Catholic Life TV in Baton Rouge. And we have some events we want to share with you. One in particular is taking place in Lafayette. Veritas Mission of Truth is featuring Jim Caviezel as their guest speaker in the Cajun Dome, and that's going to be Saturday, April 13th. Uh, doors open at 6. The event will take place at 7. And it's uh, an event that if you want to get tickets, you better get them now because they're expecting a sellout crowd. It's sponsored by John Paul the Great Academy in the Lafayette area. And for more info, go to ccmedia.live. Wow. Jim Caviezel. Mm-hmm. And April's going to be a busy month. We got more on that shortly. <laughs> Men, uh, men's Only Virtue Night will take place January 31st. 31st, uh, and that is the Wednesday, and it's going to start at 6.30 p.m. Bring your lawn chairs and a choice of drink. Dr. Jambalaya, Jambalaya, Dr. Jambalaya is how I say it. Al Scallon will provide his special recipes, and speak. the speaker will be Deacon Ron Durs from Our Lady of Holy Rosary in New Orleans, and the topic will be surviving today's world as a man with Christian values. So it's going to be at Cajun Controls, that's at... Uh, it's at Opportunity Avenue in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, it's 17465. We're going to have all that on ccmedia.live, though, so check <laughs> that out. <laughs> there you go. Well, by the way, following Wake Up this morning, we will join EWTN for the last half hour of Mass from the National Basilica in Washington, D.C. EWTN live coverage of the March for Life begins at 8.30 a.m. and will continue for seven hours until 3.30 p.m. Then tomorrow, EWTN will cover the Walk for Life West Coast live from San Francisco beginning at 1.30 uh, Saturday afternoon, followed by the One Life LA March from Los Angeles until 6 p.m. So take a look at those graphics and they are on our, all of our social media accounts. So if you forgot everything I just said, you can just go on our Facebook, Instagram, and X account, formerly known as Twitter, to check those out. <laughs> and speaking of marches for life, we have in Louisiana... Uh, tomorrow in Baton Rouge, they will be uh, having the March for Life. It's going to meet at the Capitol Front Lawn. Uh, the march actually begins around 10, but prior to that, you may want to get there early because 8.30 there will be a Mass. Uh, it'll be celebrated by Bishop Michael Duca, and then uh, registration, and everybody gathers at the Front Lawn around 9.30. Then the march begins at 10, as I said. So uh, the theme this year, here for her. Also in Shreveport, 
on Saturday morning. Uh, there will be meeting at the uh, in the grassy area near the boardwalk in Bossier City and marching to the Festival Plaza. And Star Parker will be the guest speaker at their event. Wow. Wow. So let's fill it up. Right? Let's get everybody there. Mm-hmm. Bible scholar, Catholic nice. evangelist, international and national speaker, and Bible timeline author Jeff Cavins is going to be at the Cypress Springs Mercedarian Prayer Center. That's at George O'Neill Lane or George O'Neill Road in Baton Rouge, Saturday, April 20th from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. The tickets are $70, but it includes a continental breakfast, it includes lunch and materials and access to the event for the entire day. So for more details, go to ccmedia.live. Real quick, CYO Spring Retreat, March 22nd through the 24th. You will meet at St. Catherine of Siena in Metairie and then spend a weekend uh, diving into a deeper relationship with God. It's for 8th through 12th graders. ccmedia.live is where you can go for details. Okay. Thank you, Gabby. Those are the events. Again, as Gabby said, ccmedia.live. Coming up next, Burke Masters, Father Burke Masters, the baseball priest, also the chaplain for the Chicago Cubs. Coming your way next on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 19th. Today we celebrate Pope Saint Fabian. Fabian was a Roman layman who came into the city from his farm one day as clergy and people were preparing to elect a new pope. A church historian reports that a dove flew down from above and settled on Fabian's head. Immediately, the assembled crowd proclaimed Fabian worthy, and the church had its 20th pope. The 14 years that Fabian led the church were mostly peaceful ones, since persecutions had subsided. Fabian was free to administer the growing church and oversee the construction of new churches. But good times for the church brought resentment among the pagans. One of the first acts of the Emperor Decius was to order all Christians to deny Christ in some official public way. Some Christians did succumb to pressure, but others, including Fabian, refused. There are no details of Fabian's martyrdom in the year 250, but there is evidence of it. In the catacombs of St. Callistus in Rome, the stone that covered Fabian's grave may still be seen. It is broken into four pieces, which bear the Greek words, Fabian, Bishop, Martyr. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. All righty, 18 after the hour. Welcome back to Wake Up. Damian Collado, Gabby Smith, David Dawson, and with us now, an interview I've been looking forward to for quite a while. We have Father Burke Masters with us. He is a Catholic convert. We'll get into that, as well as a priest currently at St. Isaac in the small town of Hinsdale, Illinois, which is just outside the windy city of Chicago. He's got a new book out entitled A Grand Slam for God, and we're here to talk all about it and get a little background on Father Burke as well. Good morning, Father. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It feels like I already talked to you because I uh, uh, watch your daily reflections every morning on YouTube. So uh, what time you get up to get started with those? Actually, I usually record them uh, the day before. It's a good idea. I get up so early. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and I know I have some priests and deacons who listen, and they say it helps them 
as they prepare for preaching the next day. So it usually goes out about 9 p.m. the night before. Oh, okay. Well, I, I usually watch it around 5.30 in the morning. So I appreciate you doing that. Very helpful, to You're say welcome. the least. And uh, that's just one of the things you do. But let's talk about your book. Uh, the fact that it's a grand slam for God. Tell everybody how you came up with that title. Actually, it was... Uh, with some help from Word on Fire, Bishop Barron's uh, uh, publishing company. So I played baseball at Mississippi State uh, University. I know many of your listeners yeah. probably well, are familiar with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, we don't uh, like them. Yeah, we still okay. don't like them, that's even okay. when you were there. It still holds true today. <laughs> don't hold that against me. Nah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I hit a grand slam uh, in the regional tournament uh, against Florida State to help Mississippi State get to the College World Series in 1990. And uh, it was voted the top sports moment in Mississippi State history, mm. which is wow. amazing to me, you know, with the likes of Will Clark and Paul Merrill and those guys. But uh, I thought it was going to propel me into the major leagues as well. But God had other plans. And uh, now I've been a priest for uh, 21 years. And I wouldn't trade it for all the money in the world. So this Grand Slam, I think, was a moment that God gave me to say, enjoy this. Your baseball career isn't going to go where you thought it was going to be. But now I want you to get a Grand Slam for me, so to speak. I want you to give your life to me and bring people to Christ. Yeah. Instead of stepping up at the plate every day, you step up at the altar. That's beautiful. And tell everyone how you converted, because you went to a high school, Providence High School, Actually, because it was a good baseball school, and that's where you converted to Catholicism, right? It is. My two older brothers went to the public high school, and uh, my parents weren't happy with the public school, so they they gave me two options, and they were the two Catholic schools in town. <laughs> and so it was kind of a shock. Uh, but many of my friends were going to Providence, and so I went there, you know, I knew they offered a, a good education and they had a great baseball program. And I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just deal with the Catholic thing. You know, I'll make it through that. <laughs> and, uh, it really became the most important part of my experience there. And I received my first communion, I say by accident one day, and, uh, it, it changed my life and it's what brought me into the church and then going to Eucharistic adoration was what brought me into the priesthood. And so, Wow, the Eucharist has been such a central figure uh, in my in my journey, and I feel like God has called me from being a Protestant baseball player to a Catholic priest is to mm. help Catholics appreciate the the beautiful gift of the Eucharist. Yeah, that and, we have, and it shows you uh, how God puts you at the right place at the right time. Sometimes, if we're open to it, right? Amen. Yeah, hey. I think uh, yeah, I think God's speaking to us all the time. But, you know, Scripture says you have eyes, but you do not see, and you have ears, and do not hear, you know. So let's talk about the fact that you became the chaplain for the Chicago Cubs. You still were able to stay involved in baseball. You got to uh, know Joe Madden, who was the manager of the Cubs at the time, and I think he opened the door for you to be the chaplain, which, in turn, you were the chaplain the year they won the World Series after 108 years. (laughs) And me being a Cub fan (laughs) since I was – uh, uh, knee high to my dad uh, dude you don't know how exciting that was but I didn't know that you may have had a part in that he probably had the biggest part in it well we're yeah. going to find out right, right. now 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it is such a, a fascinating thing. You know, I, I grew up, you know, going to, to Wrigley Field, and I remember as a little boy saying, I'm going to be on that field one day. Wow. And I thought, of course, as a player. And uh, in 2016, so Joe Madden, who's a, a faithful Catholic, he said one day, said, Father Burke, do you want to practice with the team? And I said, are you serious? <laughs> so, uh, so one day I'm out there on the field and during batting practice, and I was talking with Kyle Hendricks, one of their pitchers in the outfield, mm-hmm. and I began to cry. And I'm thinking, my first thought was, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> uh, but my, my next thought was, it was like God was saying, this was your dream to be a Major League Baseball player, but now you're living my dream as a priest, wow. and you get to do it in the Major Leagues. Yeah. And so... Being a part of that journey of the Cubs, you know, after 100 years of 108 years of futility, was just an incredible uh, gift from God. I thought my baseball days were done when I went to the seminary, and God just brought it back in a in a brand new way. Sure did. Yeah, how beautiful. What was the uh, special moment or or element? in that team of 2016. Some wonderful players that were on that ball club, uh, from Addison Russell to Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo. I, I don't want to name them all. We don't have enough time. But, but he could. Great ball team. <laughs> but what was special about that team? You being the chaplain, was there a good spiritual togetherness, communion with that, that group? There was. And there was a, a lot of youth, and just they played. They were always very relaxed. One of my favorites still to this day is uh, Kyle Schwarber. And uh, he's the most down-to-earth guy you'd ever want to meet. You know, he has policemen and and firemen in his family, and he's the type of guy who just shows up at the local firehouse and has lunch with the firemen, you know. Mm. And uh, that kind of, I'd say, humility, along with kind of like a playfulness, and there was very little... Well, I mean, those those situations are stressful, but because they they had so much fun together, I think it allowed them to relax and and play to the best of their ability. And uh, yeah, it was a, a gift to be with them. Oh, I bet it was. And uh, so, what inspired you to become a priest? One thing I do want to note: your your high school coach was your godfather, right? Uh, when when you were uh, confirmed hmm. and baptized. Yeah, so it's, it's one of the gifts of. Being a, an adult convert, I was 18. You, know, you can choose your godfather, and uh, <laughs> Joe was one of my coaches and teachers, and uh, is still to this day a, a very, very close friend. So, um, so what brought me into the priesthood? Yeah, was you know I think the day I was baptized, it was I think the seeds were planted there, as we always say, our vocations, uh, vocational call stems from our baptismal call, but it really came uh, years later. I was going to adoration with my girlfriend, who I thought I was going to marry, and she introduced me to to adoration and taught me how to pray, really. I I tell her that was her her fatal flaw, (laughs) and we laugh now. (laughs) And it was in that silence. I, I always ran from silence because they say in silence you encounter God and yourself and I was afraid of what God was going to say to me, and I didn't really like myself at the time. I wasn't living as I should. And in that silence, I just felt God saying, I want you to be a priest. It was totally involuntary. You know, I, I knew it came from outside of myself. Mm. And I said, God, I, I want to marry Stephanie. I don't want to be a priest. <laughs> You're going to have to make this clear. And then 
people would come up to me, you know, Burke, I think you'd make a good priest. <laughs> and so I, I believe God was speaking to me through the Eucharist and then also through these other people. And so finally I had to, mm. had to have a heart-to-heart with Stephanie. And I, I remember telling her, I said, Steph, I think God may be calling me to be a priest. And, and she said, if this is your call from God, she said, you have to follow it. She said, I can't compete with God. Right. And so mm. I went to seminary didn't look back, and I ended up marrying Stephanie, but just to my best friend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and so <laughs> I baptized her three kids, and wow. we remain great friends to this day. So yeah. what is, we got about a minute and a half. What do you want folks to get out of this book? It's a memoir so of, of your life, but what, what do you hope they, they take away would be? That's a good question. I, I've, I've reflected on that, and I, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned in my life is to trust God and to trust His plans. You know, the, the title that I was thinking was, if you want to make God laugh, tell Him your plans. Right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I love the Grand Slam for God title that we came up with. But it's, it's that sense of, you know, like at Mass, we bring forward the bread and wine, and God takes it receives it, blesses it, purifies it, consecrates it, and gives it back to us as his own body, blood, soul, and divinity. And I think we do the same thing with our lives. When, when we offer back to God the gifts and talents that he's already given us, he takes them, blesses them, purifies them, and then gives them back to us in ways that we never, never imagined. And so it's that sense of really to come forward before God with open arms to say, I'm yours. All that I have that is good has come from you, and I offer it back to you. And we can all do that in whatever vocation we have. Father Burke, Masters, thank you so much for being with us. Real quick, yes or no, you still do Mass uh, during baseball season in Section 209? I do. All right, Wrigley (laughs) Field. So if you go to Wrigley to see the Cubbies, 209, that's the section you can look for, especially on Sunday. Father Burke, Masters, get his book, Grand Slam for God. Hit it out of the park. It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. Our next guest is Joe McGivney. Joe is a Catholic author and recovering addict. And today he's talking about his healing through his book, You're a Miracle, my story of alcoholism, miraculous healing, and God's infinite power and love. He has an amazing story I think so many people need to hear right now. Joe, thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. Thank you for letting me uh, tell my story. Well, take us through the beginning, Joe, because it's truly inspiring, and a lot of people are in this boat right now, and I think that it can bring a lot of um, healing and hope to family members and friends. Um, Yeah, well, I I guess, you know, looking back, um, my journey of alcoholism began as a kind of a child. It was the summer before I entered the eighth grade, Um, and I grew up in a predominantly Irish Catholic neighborhood on the south side of Chicago, and alcohol was just part of the culture. You know, we, we celebrated everything and alcohol was featured at all of those celebrations. But anyway, my, um, you know, after I'd had my, my first night of drinking is, uh, at that early age, it changed me. Um, up until that point, I had always felt like I 
you know, was less than, I didn't feel like I belonged. Um, I had a lot of anxiety, I guess, and fear. And when I had those first few beers, that all just drifted away. And I, you know, finally felt at ease. I thought I was funny and charming and um, it seemed to be the cure for what ailed me. And then from, from there that, you know, my, like most alcoholics, the, the disease part kicks in and progresses over time. And that, you know, took me up, you know, I continued to drink regularly, actively, even though I was a very highly functioning alcoholic, um, the alcoholism was, you know, getting worse and worse and worse. And then at the beginning of COVID is when it all came to a, a frightening end, um, on December 30th of 2020, after months of drinking from the moment I woke up in the morning until I passed out at night every single day, uh, my body completely gave out and collapsed. Um, my wife was, by the grace of God, able to get me to a hospital, um, put me in an ICU and saved me from dying that night um, as a result of my alcohol abuse. But then over the next nine weeks, my, rather than get better, I kept getting worse. Um, I had, was starting to have, my brain, what ultimately was happening was rewiring. And it, and it ended up with a kind of very scary neurological condition called Korsakoff psychosis. And my last hospital stop was a locked psych ward at St. Mary's Hospital here in West Palm Beach. They got the diagnosis right. They finally figured out what was going on with me. And they told my family I would spend the rest of my life completely in a psychotic state. Oh. And they also oh my told goodness. my family, look, we're a hospital. We're cutting him loose. We're going to discharge him. And you guys need to figure out where you're going to put him for the rest of his life. So goodness. my poor wife scrambled, found a treatment facility here locally that said, well, we can't keep him here for the rest of his life, but we'll hold him for 30 days so you can give you a little time. They transferred me from that psych ward into that treatment facility, put me to bed. And the following morning, I woke up completely healed hmm. with no physical, psychological, or neurological deficits of any kind. Hmm. Wow. So, oh my clearly, goodness. you know, no medical explanation, you know, by however you measure a miracle, you know, it clearly was a miracle. My goodness. And, you know, God wasn't done with me yet, though, you know, because even though he had physically healed me, I was still an alcoholic. Um, wow. And he guided me during that period to AA, mm -hmm. where I, you know, embraced the program, got a sponsor, and over a period of weeks and months, you know, realized that the whole key, not only to sobriety, but to, to living a joyful life, uh, was learning how to surrender everything to God. My um, goodness. And I, Joe, and I learned how to do that. Joe, this is, this is David. I'm, I'm, I'm listening in here, and you, you were talking about your, your, your lovely wife, and she was, she's been with you through this entire journey, even before the, 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 the collapse uh, that you had. How is she been through all of this? Well, I'll be completely candid, and we discuss it in the book, but mm -hmm. um, 
during that period, so I, I'm in this treatment facility. I've had my miracle, but we don't know if I'm going to be able to stay sober. Right. And she had been, you know, not only, as you said, by my side for years, she had been absolutely traumatized during that nine-week period. Mm-hmm. And she left me. Okay. And filed for a divorce, which I did not contest because I felt that, you know, if her happiness to her meant life without me, I wanted that for mm. her. She deserved mm. it. And over a period of months, you know, God kind of drew us back together wow. again. Wow. And not only wow. we were remarried on March 12th of 2022, <laughs> and then Nicole was my second wife, by the way. So my first wife and I were married in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So we, I also filed an annulment petition. And we're hoping in the next hmm, weeks and months, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get the final decision from our diocese and that will be convalidated and, and we'll finally have gotten it right. And our marriage now is it's more beautiful than yeah, either it's one probably of us stronger. ever knew it yeah. could be. Yeah, yeah. because we, we finally figured out that if we put God at the center of our marriage and at the center of our lives, yeah. Everything happens, yes. you know, that's the, the answer to a beautiful marriage, in our opinion. Goodness. Joe, were you ever what able to attribute the miracle to anything, power of prayer or, or something yes. of that nature? Yes. So we came to learn. Um, months after, again, I'm, I'm now sober, I decided to join the Knights of Columbus. My relative, Blessed Michael McGivney, uh, founder of the Knights. Yeah. We knew I had that family connection for many, many, many years, but I just didn't it's care about, about joining the Knights. So I joined the Knights, and then I go. Ta- uh, I had a phone call the following week with my Aunt Jerry, who's a nurse and was part of my advocacy when I was really sick, um, and I very devout Catholic woman. And I told her, hey, Aunt Jerry, I joined the Knights, and she starts crying. And I was like, well, what's going on? She said, when you were sick, I was praying to God, to Jesus, to Mary, to anyone who would listen. She said, but I was fervently praying to our relative, Blessed Michael, and I'm actually oh. looking at his picture right now. Yeah. Wow. And the dots oh. all connected. My goodness. You know, I always wondered why God chose to save me. I certainly wasn't the only suffering alcoholic on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we believe now it was Blessed Michael's intercession that My led goodness. to that healing. My goodness. Incredible. What an amazing story. And thank you so much to just being vulnerable and opening up. And I know that you go into more depth in your book. I know this can bring so much hope and healing to family members, especially through this, uh, just this miracle. It truly is. Joe McGivney, Catholic author of You're a Miracle, My Story of Alcoholism, Miraculous Healing, and God's Infinite Power and Love. Joe, where can our listeners and viewers pick up their own copy? Uh, two ways. You can either go directly to uh, Amazon and just search You're a Miracle with an exclamation point and you'll find the book. Or if you go to joemcgivney.com, uh, in addition to finding a link to purchase on Amazon, there's also been a number of YouTube videos that Knights of Columbus has produced and some other outlets have okay. sort of uh, you know memorializing my miracle, so to speak. Great. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for telling your story and for joining us today. Thank you both, Gabby and David. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. God bless you guys. Yeah. 
My goodness. What wow. an incredible story. Oh, you know, my goodness. Definitely check out his book. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and really, a, a lot of times when you're in a hopeless and impossible situation, well, nothing's well, impossible with God. It'd be yeah. pretty something mm-hmm. if his miracle is is mm-hmm. true to form and it gets uh, Could be. McGivney, McGivney to St. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yep. Be something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, stay with us. We have more coming up after the break. It is 45 past the hour on Wake Up. the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I am David Dawson along with Gabby Smith and Damian Collado and right now we have a returning guest, finally returning guest, Terry Dixon. He's the Director of Communications of the Diocese of Biloxi and editor of the Gulf Pine newspaper. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. How goes it? It goes great. I gotta warn you though, you're not getting off easy. You thought it was gonna be a nice, easy interview, but I got Damien. He's still right here and his mic is hot. So I mean yeah, <laughs> he, he may jump in and just go fluey everything okay. here for us, so. though. <laughs> I, I didn't know if there'd been personnel changes. Yeah. Who, who knows? Not yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, Terry, look, first off, uh, uh, and, you know, I've, I've been going through the Gulf Pine and looking at your beautiful, beautiful website. It is it's really well put together. And uh, but but I did want to ask you about uh, the March for Life and buses and things like that. How are things going up there? Are you aware of uh, uh, some buses that are up there now? We have two buses mm-hmm. from the Diocese of Biloxi that have arrived in Washington, D.C. for mm-hmm. the March for Life which is today. I think we yeah. have just under 400 people who are going to be there, and we have, I know, one of our seminarians, Deacon Adam Fry, is on the trip, and so is Father Martin Gillespie, the pastor of St. Mary Parish in Woolmarket. Okay. So they're in good hands, especially from a spiritual standpoint. So. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, curious, are you aware what color hats they're wearing? Because every now and then when you're watching the televised on EWTN or you're watching a video or something like that, you look for the color of the hats and sometimes you say, hey, that's that's our people. I, I have to be honest, no. Yeah. Um, and, and I've been on the march with the people before and I've been white with the group at one second and then I turn around and they're gone and yes. regardless of whether they're wearing a colored hat or if they're wearing <laughs> it a doesn't matter. windmill on their head I, you, it's a sea of humanity yes it's no, it sure is up. it sure is and yeah. I, I tell you that that's that's the wonderful thing is that it is a sea of humanity that many people are out there and that Incredible. many young Absolutely. people are out there yeah Gabby was out there with yeah. them too you know she knows when you go up to up to Capitol Hill and you turn around when you're at the top of the hill and just the sea of people just just keep coming. Yeah. I've never seen so many people in my entire life just moving in one direction. It's incredible. It is. It really yeah, is. It, it really is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe our group participated in the Life is Good rally at George Mason University as opposed to um, some of the bigger rallies like at the Verizon Center. That's what they've done in the past and okay. it's always been a very... Um, very good and worthwhile event. So I, I know that they're um, having a, a very positive experience. And um, I'm looking forward to um, hearing their stories when yeah. they return from the trip. 
I bet. I bet they're going to have some real good ones. And now, now speaking of youth, I, youth, I see, I, I see somewhat of a running theme that you have in the Gulf Pines, or at least on the online one. You have a story about a young lady entering the convent at age 23. Talk about that. Well, I have to be honest. I don't, I don't know what story you're talking about there. I'm okay. looking at my paper. I don't All right. <laughs> Here we go. Well, God it is, I'm sorry. I, just, yeah, I thought it was a, it was a, it was a beautiful, beautiful story. There is a good story about the fact that the Centillo uh, Mission Appeal is coming up, right, Terry? Absolutely. Um, the, the, that's our mission appeal is taking place January 27th and 28th. That's next weekend um, for our mission in Saltillo, Mexico, which is supported by the Diocese of Biloxi and Jackson. Okay. Um, as you may recall, I was there in September along with our um, bishops, Bishop Kopax from Jackson and Bishop Kinnaman, and um, you know, great things happened in the mission, and a lot of people being fed, clothed, ministered to, and, um, and they really, you know, they're, they're really an inspiration to me when I go down there and I see the depths of um, faith and devotion of the people in Saltillo, just throughout Mexico. Yeah. So, so what yeah. does the appeal uh, involve? You need clothing, monies, what else? It's just a, it's a regular special collection. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I, okay. I think they're all good on clothes. Okay. All right. So all, all the masses are having, an, I guess, then a special collection during all, all the masses yes, in sir. the diocese. Okay. Okay. That's wonderful. Um, well, you, you did have another story here, and I'm telling you, I read them both uh, on on your site. They were really great. Uh, you have a day in the life I of a... Check the site out. <laughs> yeah, but you have a... No. You, you, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I have to tell you, you know, it's a really a team effort. So um, ah. there are three or four people who are um, adding to the site on a constant basis. So, oh, okay. Um, okay. But well, I, I look forward to reading the story about the young girl who's entering the convent and everything else that we have on the website, which is www.gulftimecatholic.com. There you go. I like that. I like that. Then you have then you have the, uh, one of the stories. Uh, you know, you had the young lady who's 23 entering the convent. You got another story about a day in the life of a consecrated virgin, and this young lady is uh, from the New Orleans area. But but y'all have that published in in the in the uh, diocese, mm. but and uh, in, in the Gulf Pine, but then you also have a story about Bishop Kenneman uh, pro, uh, promulgates a handbook on the discernment or formation of candidates for the consecration of virgin living in the world. I mean, how amazing yes. is that? Yes, and um, that was so we added that video story from the Archdiocese of New Orleans to, yeah. um, to give you know people an idea of. What, a, what the life of a consecrated virgin is like. It's amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I've had people ask me, well, what does a consecrated virgin do? Yeah. This gives you an idea of what a consecrated virgin does. And um, I think I, I, I even watched the, the rite of consecration that took place at St. Louis Cathedral yes. when um, Archbishop Amen presided over the rite. It may have been for Claire Gallagher. That's or it. Or maybe That's it. somebody yeah. else. But mm-hmm. it was a... It was, it was a very beautiful ceremony. Really, really was. So, 
Well, all right, Terry. It has. Well, that was that was short. Uh, anyway, we're looking forward to. I want to talk to you again real soon. I hope we get to talk to you again real soon because it's been a while. So thanks once again it for has joining been us. A while. Yeah. Okay. How do we get your publications? You can go to www.gulfpinecatholic.com. It's a new fancy website. Um, that is. A lot of information there, and you can also visit www.biloxydiocese. Org. And if you're in the neighborhood, stop by 1790 Top Ferry Road, and I'll give you a free newspaper. Oh, I like that. Okay. Ooh. Terry, right. Terry thanks a lot for joining us. We'll talk, we'll talk to you All soon. Right. All right. God Have bless. a great weekend. All righty. Very good. It's good to hear two boys' it voice sure again. It sure is. I miss it Terry. Is. Yeah, yeah. So It's good to have him all back. All right. Does a good job over there in the Diocese of Biloxi. And we hope you guys enjoyed today's show as well as all week long. We look forward to seeing you on Monday. In the meantime, we're going to wrap up with a prayer. If you guys are ready, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, you have wished for me to enter your friendship. You have called me by name to be your friend. You have invited me to help you in the new evangelization. I want to help you and do my part. Give me the strength to be close to you and to collaborate with you in this great undertaking. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll catch you back here Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you so much to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director, for making this show absolutely incredible today. Monday's show, wonderful lineup for you. Deacon Terry Bellin of the Diocese of Baton Rouge will join us to talk about why men should go on Catholic retreats. So maybe you have considered it, maybe you haven't. Deacon Terry will give us the details. Alan Migliorato would talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. And Jordan Tabor talks about an upcoming event called Planting Seeds of Hope. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.